Hey, you there, follow me into the warp! From the Dead Workers Party, a Warhammer Age of Reckoning podcast. Warp, episode 8, recorded on October 26, 2008. I'm Brent Copeland. I am Wes Wilson. And I'm Spencer Williams, and man, is it just me or does that theme song just keep getting more and more epic? It does. It does. It may be a bit piratey. It I'll, sounds piratey at the end, doesn't it? It does, and I'm trying to figure out why anyone would want anyone to follow them into the warp. Piratey like we stole it from someone? <laughs> I think... <laughs> anyway, welcome to another episode of Warp, the Warhammer Age of Reckoning podcast. And uh, we've got a great show for you today, don't we? Yes. You want me to go over the, the contents? Please do. Okay, first off, we're going to do a scenario. We are doing Phoenix Gate today, although I still haven't played very much of it. Uh, I have played it enough to talk about it. You guys are going to be the big gabbers. Uh, secondly, we've got some news. We've got patches, hot fixes, and uh, the mailmen have gone off strike. Whatever that means. I'll let somebody fill somebody in. We've got an add-on of the week. We've got uh, some unlocks. We've got some listener contributions. We've got a warp reporter. We've got two warp reporters. We do? Oh, no, wait. Just one. Somebody edited. No, we just have one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've got Glenn Barrett talking about siege weaponry. Yeah, so this is going to be a part one of two? Yes. Of is it part one. one of two or part one of four? It's part one of two. He has two other segments as well that he's going to do, but we don't know how many they're going to end up being. Gotcha. So okay. it could be like weekly and weekly forever. Yes. So we're hoping. part one of four billion. Yes. Awesome. Doesn't that sound great? It does. Now, of course, Eric is not here, I think we should mention, um, because he died of the clap. Well, actually, he's here. We, we should just say he's here. Yeah, but he's dead of the clap. I mean, his corpse is there. Yeah. He claps if you really sometimes. Look, it's corpse. Eric. I mean, I, I like to think that Eric was the spirit that possessed the body, his mere earthly shell. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> He's he's going heavy um, um, podcast support on this yes. episode. So, so anyway, uh, let's talk about how our weeks were. Uh, Wes, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, I started off my week playing uh, on Order over on Iron Rock. We, um, I needed to get on and, and try to level my guy up, and I did some scenarios uh, with other people in the guild. Target is not attackable. In particular, I grouped up with Lascivious, and we did scenarios for a good chunk of the night. And I was playing with my Rune Priest, and I got number one healer of the whole scenario four times in a row. And I was very proud of myself. I was like, yes. And actually, the last time after I did it, a guy named Anaximander uh, sent me a message and said, that was a dazzling display of healing. Were you using that cheap mod that lets you automatically heal the person that's using the has the lowest health? Nope. I use awesome. no healing mods. That is just me, awesome. me, me. Now, did you use grid? Nope. I don't really consider that on the same line as a no, monitor. No, I did not but. use grid. I all I used was the um, was the guild. I mean the uh, warband little. The windows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you do that, do you have to reset those every single time? Yes, every time I go oh, into a scenario. So I wish they would fix that. Cause I, yes. Because I'll check the mark saying, yeah, I want these every time. And every time I've got to go in and uncheck them and then check them back. Yep. Uh, yep. It's frustrating. But I was pretty proud of myself because I was like, wow, really? I, I got, you know, and, and then some guy just, he, and, and it was really, I, I have to say, I think I did pretty good. Um, there were some, you know, large, you know, fights going on and um, Lascivious was playing a Ironbreaker, I believe, and went into the middle of the fight and basically stood by himself with the entire opposing team around him fighting him. Nobody turned to me, and I kept him up 
for like three or four minutes. (laughs) It was astounding. Um, Additionally, I uh, did, uh, I've been doing some scenarios uh, with my um, horde characters this week. Specifically, I started playing my squig herder a little bit more, which I still consider to be probably one of the least favorite classes I've played in the game yet. I think that's kind of a uh, ongoing thing with most people who play squig herders. I, and I don't really know what's not fun about it. I think it's mostly just the fact that I feel like a like a DPS class with no DPS. Now, I do know people that are enjoying playing um, that class quite a bit. And I think that they can be played well and get a lot of DPS. They, 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 they're definitely a lot more work than, say, a witch elf or a, a witch hunter. Well, and I but, think a, a lot of it, too, is, is the uh, perception that people have coming into the game that it's like a hunter from WoW. It does operate similar to a hunter from WoW, but like a hunter from WoW is range DPS, which I don't consider Squig Herder range DPS. What do you consider the Squig Herder to be? Uh, I, I don't know, but it does not do enough DPS to be considered. You know, it doesn't get up there with like a, a sorcerer in my. I'll give you that eyes. absolutely. What I've gotten to the point where pretty much what I think I am is a harrying class. My yeah. goal is to torment the healers and the. Um, and the uh, DPS that are in the back of the ranks. Now, I, I have to say, just sort of as a counterpoint, that you know, I'm not playing a squig herder because I, I tried to play one, and watching the bouncing squig actually made my eyes hurt, so I, I had to stop. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, my duo with uh, Grinthrax and then Shanks. It, Shanks is a uh, a squig herder, and uh, he he's topped out on. DPS in in uh, what are they called? Not scenarios, uh, but uh, shoot, uh, yeah, scenarios. That's what I mean. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little under the weather. Forgive me, but yeah, in scenarios, he's topped out on damage s- several times. Um, so, I mean, they they can be played as a range damage dealer. And it might just be that you know I'm only tenth le- or ninth level or something like that, and I still need to get some of the more high-end stuff to really, you know, pull my weight. But I found that I would have rounds where I would not die, I would be dealing damage the entire game, and I would be in the middle of the pack. Um, Maybe even more like a druid. It could be. Kind of more of a, you kind of do a little bit of this, a little bit of this, you know, just a really jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none kind of. Right. Well, hold, hold on a sec. That's what level do you say you're? you're like ninth, is? I think. I think I'm ninth. And level. what? I mean, are you in rank one scenarios? Yeah, I'm tier one scenarios. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, who knows? Maybe you just suck with them. I, oh. It could be. It could be. I, I what I've been trying to do with my squig herder lately is I, I try to make sure. And I just got my. And you know, I I also haven't played around with my other squigs all that much. So I also want to poke around with seeing like. What I'll do is I'll send my squig after, you know, the rune priest that's in the back of the combat, and so that he's got to waste his time healing himself. And you know, my hope is is that I'm distracting other people so that the major DPS players can really pump out some juice. I am. I, I do like my um, my my snare. Uh, I love when you know somebody comes up and starts trying to attack a group, and then you can tell they're going to turn around and run back the way they came. And then I shoot my little, you know, <laughs> what? No running thing on them, and they slow down. And then you know the the, the witch elf jumps all over them and, and slaughters them. That that's a lot of a lot of joy. <laughs> I also found an interesting quest, and I'm I'm still confused by this one. Um, I was walking from um Ostland to Troll Country and on the right there there was a little gate right near where all those guys are fighting. Um if it's due east of the RVR zone and there's like this little bridgey type area with like red and blue people fighting. And there was a doorway over there and I went over to it and I tried to open it. It looked like one of those graveyard doorways, but it didn't open. It activated a quest called What Lies Beyond. And I'm like, ooh, and it's like, go into the depths and, you know, recover, you know, what's there. And I'm like, okay. And then I tried to open the door and it wouldn't open. And then a spider started attacking me from the back. So I was like, well, that's really inconvenient. So I attacked and killed him and I got some kind of quest item and then that was I could never open the door. And so then I looked at the quest item, like I just examined it, and it completed the quest. And I was like, that is the weirdest thing. 
What do you mean what lies beyond? It's what lies behind. It's what's behind me that's going to attack me when I try to open this gate. I think you will never know what lies beyond. For all you know, behind that door was a lifetime supply of candy. I know. And I like You'll never candy. know. No, it also right could have been. The table. <laughs> we do have it here on the table. We have a we have a foot and a half wide skull full of candy here. Nice. Don't you wish nice. you were here having candy? No, no. I hate candy and everything about it. There are dots here. More dots. Oh. Um, and then, uh, but, but I, I'm having more, I'm having a little bit more fun with my squig herder. Like I said, just cause I had to completely reevaluate what my purpose was. Uh, I did play a little bit with my, uh, zealot, but for the most part, I'm still finding myself in an environment where I've got a solo and it, it's very difficult to solo, um, you know, in high, uh, tier two with, with, with a zealot by himself. So I'm really not sure, you know, I, I'm going to need to wait and get some more party people to do stuff there. But that was pretty much my week. Cool. Who's next? Very cool. Brent, you want to go next? Sure. Um, I, I would like to say that this week I, I played a sorcerer, and I tried some of the stuff that I, I do on my um, orc, and I feel sorry for sorcerers when I do it. Because, you know, it's like with my orc, I can take on champions, evil level, even like one or two higher than me champions. Not with the sorcerers. With the sorcerer, I couldn't even take on like probably one a level below mm-hmm. because they just come up and you know beat the crap out of you. Champions kill clothies like nobody's business. Yeah, so I learned real fast not to not to go up against champions. Uh, but uh, just going through my week, Monday, uh, I, I got a chance to play with the new mailbox system, and uh, I love that. I actually went and played, and I know this isn't a, War, a Warcraft podcast, but I went and played a little bit of the the Wrath patch that came out. Man, I was just bored out of my skull in it. Their achievement system, I just don't think, is as robust as Warhammer. So, uh, after waiting Q to get in there, I went back to Warhammer after handing off my guild leadership to uh, someone else. Brutal sea change right there. So that was that was the highlight of my uh, Warcraft experience over the week. Wow, handed off guild leadership. That's pretty serious. Um, let's see. Uh, Tuesday, I played my orc and, and did a lot of. Tor Anrock, which when you get to Tier 3, that's all you're going to play. Just warn you right now. I think they've got something broken with their join-all system. Because I assume everybody, pretty much everybody just hits join-all now. And it always goes to the same one. And I would. I don't know that that's true. I do know a lot of people that uh, that all they ever do is play scenarios. That's all they never quest. All they ever do is play scenarios, and they will sign up for specific scenarios because they don't want to waste their time with the ones that they don't like. Um, and in my opinion, probably what they ought to do if they they want to uh, if they want to spread them around is they should have separate queues for people that select one single scenario and then another queue for people that select join all i i think that would that would help out a lot with that yeah yeah and i think they need to really just get, do away with you only have three scenarios you can play you know i think they just need to say yeah. here's 40 scenarios you know join all have fun yeah yeah go at it kids you should even be able to like have like a map list that you play with friends like one after the other you know just like just like tf2 <laughs> <laughs> maybe they could add steam to it and well, that yeah. would be kind of cool actually and you know what would be awesome is if they gave you heavies with mini guns that would be sweet <laughs> anyway sorry continue uh, off. i did some uh rvr with uh walls and uh trashy uh on wednesday and then thursday i played with eric a bit uh but uh, i logged out and i felt bad because I just got Eric back into play and I just had some sinus issues where my whole head was exploding and I was just like, dude, I can't do it. Uh, and so I think that's why he left the podcast because, you know, he doesn't like me anymore. I think and that's I, I probably... Think personally. You know, I'm just I don't like... <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? I said, I don't think I like you much either. But... Oh, that's that's... I'm used to that. And I'm leaving the podcast. Cool. Very cool. So then uh, <laughs> Friday, uh, we had a whole group join up and do Norden Watch like all night long, just the six of us. And it was awesome. I think it was like Walls and um, what's Ken's character's name? Maleficent? Maleficent. Maleficent. Whatever that is. Zora Rastus, which is you, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm Rastus. That's my story. Uh, and I, I think I missed a few. There were a couple more that went in and out. But that was with my Shaman Grumpkin. There was Farstrider. Was that his name? He joined us near the end there. Yeah, it was... 
was Atkins in there? Uh, I know he joined us for some other ones, but yeah. uh, anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, we just pretty much owned that scenario all night long, except for a couple times when we got owned. And uh, we were commenting before the show. It really is a different experience because I, I as a as a squig herder. I do not want to be on the front lines. I am still too squishy and I don't want people chopping on me. So I will tend to be right behind the front line. But when you're trying to take the fortress, there is a big debate about when you want to actually move in. Like if the people are capping it, sometimes I will run in to stop that capture from taking place and hope I live long enough for my support to keep me alive. And I have typically in pugs not had that good a result um, when being a squishy class going up and doing that. And I was very surprised because when all of us were running around together, I every time I moved up to help cap that point, I had the support to hold it. Yeah, because I was healing. I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm not going to say it was just because I was healing, because I think Walden was healing too. But no, I mean, honestly, I, I I don't think that's just because you're playing um, a, a squishier class. I I have much better luck even as a tank doing that kind of thing when I have some support other than than otherwise. Well, so, I, I, I also I think that there is additionally like if you don't if you just move one character straight into the flag and then other if all the dps on that first run moves up and targets one single person it's devastating but if you can kind of harry them and get them attacking various targets and then move people forward onto the flag i think that that works a little better to keep all the dps from focusing on one target yeah i think as you're running up that hill instead of everybody just rushing up that hill and you know half the people standing back if everybody rushed up the hill and veered directly left if you're playing destruction into their backfield basically yeah and have their backfield freaking out that everybody's <laughs> in our face while your dps runs up on the flag yeah. Yeah. And catch the flag and uses that and gets up on the ramparts. Because as a sorcerer, I love getting up on the ramps right right where they can't see you if they're looking up. But you can sneak out and like catch people as they're running towards the flag. Yeah, I hate Great people place. like you. It's an awesome place. And speaking of my uh, sorcerer, I started one Saturday. And uh, I got to 8th level in about 6 hours, 5-6 hours. Uh, watching a football game and Roll Tide. They did awesome again. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I was watching that with my father-in-law, who's a vault. <laughs> he wasn't happy, was he? <laughs> Neither were the fans in the stage. I, I was sitting there, and they'd have the picture of the cheerleader with her head on the table, the Tennessee cheerleader laying her head down on the table. I was like, oh, those poor Vols, they're just getting yanked all over the place. Oh, no, they were just drunk. They do that every game. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, I figured out something really cool, and probably everybody's seen this. But, okay, you know in... If you've played a elf, a high elf, one of their first PQs where the elves come streaming across the bridge, and then the Hydra is the final boss that you fight. Hmm. Well, yeah. if you sit in the first town in the Dark Elves, you see them coming out of the castle. The elves come in a wave, and they go down this hill and out through a door. And then the Hydra comes walking out and down the hill and out through the door. And I never caught that, that they were you know interrelated like that. And I just thought that was really cool how they, they planned that out. and. Uh, and and you know you can um, before the last stage of that PQ, if you look up, it's kind of hard to see even if you do look up. But if you look up between two towers, there's a bridge, and you'll see the dragon and the hydra fighting on the bridge. Oh, that's really oh cool. That's really cool. We'll have to definitely check that out. Some more. Uh, and then I ran as a chicken through a tier one. I just dinged twelve. <laughs> And I was going through and doing all the unlocks for the uh, Tier 1 area. And there was one that was in the High Elf area. And it just seemed so cool to do that I had to do it. So I ran through as a chicken, and I had to swim like five miles. It took forever. And I thought I'd unflag. And I got to the other side, and I didn't unflag. So now I'm running around the Elf area as a chicken. But the aggro range seems to be really reduced as a chicken. So I would be running near guards. Because uh, I actually spent about 10 minutes trying to kill a, a rabbit, uh, and it kept going in a circle past <laughs> this guard. But anyway, uh, but there's this unlock on there where you jump on a rock and click on the rock, and it falls off on a snotling and kills a snotling. Yeah. Uh, so I had to do only that. If you're, only if you're a chicken, right? Well, apparently it works if you're a chicken, but uh, I don't think you have oh. to be. <laughs> uh, and that's about, about it for... Uh, my week. I, I guess I had one other thing in here for a, a tip, just for any of the flag scenarios. Is your is you're running by them? 
just as a thing to keep in your mind, always check the bar, like as you run by to see how far it is. And if it's not full, stop and look around. Because there's so many times someone can can sneak a, a, a flag just by standing off behind a house or in a bush, and you don't see him, you just run by when you could stop it. So, okay. Spencer. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about this week. I, I have actually not logged into war a single time. Uh, I, I have a good excuse. My internet was down almost all week. Uh, it turns out that uh, Time Warner just turned off my cable for no particular reason. Uh, and then it took him a week to figure that out. So, you know, that was fun. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Sorry. I'm not feeling very well today, so I'm not my normal overly talkative gregarious self well i know we we all here wish and hope that you you really feel better and get back in the game really get back in the game is really what we want sarcastic because i I sent sarcasm no no. i think you want me to die and you don't care if i'm like in my deathbed so long as i'm logged on that's yeah senate bastard anyway (laughs) i I need 15 i need rank 15 in in the guild Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's see. Let's move on to. We've got this new Google Doc, and I don't know how to read it. News and discussions. Dun, Yay! Dun, dun. Do, do, do. What you, what you got? So I guess uh, they came out with a uh, state of the game and stuff. And Mark Jacobs uh, announced that uh, the two classes they'll be adding back in. And I've seen discussion on whether it's November, or December. I believe he said December. But, uh, some, I thought it said November. I thought it was November. Uh, but it may be November as earliest, and we'll be getting, uh, I guess, the uh, Black Hand. Is that it? And the uh, Shining Knight of something Black, order yeah. tank. The uh, uh, Knight of the Blazing Sun, something like that? I yeah, some remember. cutesy elf name or something. I don't know. Sigmarite. Em- it's an Empire class, an Empire uh, hey. tank. And yeah. I thought, and, and it, uh, we go into it more below, but uh, he also, in, in another interview, basically told why. And it was basically they said that Order needed more tanks. So there were not enough people playing tanks on the Order side. That is certainly true. Uh, so hopefully that'll help it up. Help it up. Help get more tanks up. Something. Okay, we're going somewhere I don't need to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, just some guild info. Don't forget, November 7th, come join us for the Tier 2 Rampage. It's open to everyone. You only have to be level 8. You can get up to, I guess, 21 and still join in. It'll be at 9 o'clock Central, and you can find out more on our website and forums and stuff anyway. Um, so there was big news on Monday, right? Mailbox system fixed. And now I have not logged in, um, so I haven't been able to check this. Is this actually true? I mean, is it really fake? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Have you played with it, Wes, yet? Um, it seems to respond like a mailbox should, but I was really hoping they'd fix the interface and other kinds of stuff, but they didn't. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, hoping for too much. Uh, I think it's a, it's a functionality. It's, right now, basic functionality is better than what we had, so... Uh, I could not inherently tell. I, I wasn't paying attention to whether it was any better or worse than normal, um, mostly because I didn't pay attention to how busy the server was at the time that I used it. Okay, honestly, so I can tell you honestly, it is much better. It is extremely better because now the add-ons that you can get to get that functionality you want work, like the awesome. auto send things like that work. Uh, so, and that's they usually pump it up at two seconds per message uh, that'll send it through. So that's how fast it's going. That's much idea. better. Was it yeah, was so bad. I I I think I I swear I had fifteen twenty seconds between messages at least. So that's much much better. And then they had a slew of hot fixes. I mean, we're talking every single day. It seems like there was something new. So we're, we definitely aren't going through everything. But I kind of pulled yeah. out some of the main things. Now, what do you think of that? The way they're doing things, instead of saving stuff up for patches, they're they're releasing daily hot fixes. What do you, what do you think of that? I love it personally. I mean, this is how I wish most games would do it because it feels like something new is happening. It's like you log in every day wanting something new. Uh, I, I like the fact that they also do a patch almost every week, and you get more of stuff in in you know one big package. So, okay, I'm kind of worried that you know. Um it, more frequent updates means more chances for something to go wrong with those updates, I guess is my concern. But it hasn't really happened yet, so, you know, who knows? Maybe it never will. 
But uh, anyway, starting on the list here, you've got on uh, the 20th, we had bug fixes, prevention stuff. <laughs> uh, the 21st glove for the order version of the Annihilator armor set are now available for purchase from the renowned merchants in tier four. Okay. Uh, you've, <laughs> we don't have to read through all of these. Not? Okay, fine. No. They, they did stuff. What, what else do you got? Did you, was there any you wanted to talk about in specific, Brent? Uh, no, I guess not. What is uh, they reopened the Lost Vale dungeon on the twenty second, so that's a yeah. new instance open. I forget what level it's for. Uh, um, they fixed a Squig Herder ability. That's always good. Spines uh, they, and <laughs> they're putting in a transfer system to allow both players <laughs> and guilds to move between uh, servers. Good and other stuff. Yay. What is this grab bag number three thing? So they put out another grab bag, uh, and it was titled Armor Sets, but really they went into a, a lot of different stuff. Uh, one of the things they mentioned was if you're a healer and you want to make the most of earning renown, you should heal those around you who are doing the most damage, because there's something in there that weights an advantage towards keeping the people who are basically getting a lot of renown alive, alive. Right. And then the funny thing is they came back and edited to add, one word can make a difference in a statement. It's important for healers to group and to heal everyone in your group, not just the damaged healers. Uh, so they basically saying they didn't intend to say that only heal those people. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I bet that was a really uncomfortable hour or so playing a tank in scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a player too. Heal me. Heal me. I'm a player too. Uh, let's see. Due to the impending character transfers there will be no new realm population bonuses for the upcoming week and that makes perfect sense they don't want people gaming the system uh just for the experience bonus uh i i personally think that that probably isn't the biggest problem that they'll have but you know nice of them to nip that in the bud and speaking of experience and uh, taking advantage of that, RVR has now been given a 100% experience bonus. And this is has this, moved up from 50% to 100 so... Yeah. Is this... This is specifically Lake RVR, isn't it? Yes. Yes, because yeah. now you get twice as much as you would in a scenario, which is still not enough. Really? Have you poked around with it? I have, and, and most of the time it's because you're in a large group of people and it divvies out that experience, so you kill someone and get like, you know, 50, 100 experience, and it's just like, eh, you're just not killing as many people as you do in a scenario. Well, you haven't got, that, you haven't got that quick bounce back, too. I mean, you know, when you die in Lake RVR, you go a long way away, and then you have to come back, whereas in scenarios, you're dying and being teleported, you know, 50 feet back for you to run back in and get killed again. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not as big a deal once you have your mount. Uh, I, I kind of think that the the inherent problem with Lake RVR is that there's too many of them, and they're too spread apart, and uh, it's kind of hard to get a lot of people together to do one just because of how spread apart they are, you know, geographically. Um, and I think I, a lot of that will change, right? When we get to like 40 and it gets a little more concentrated. When we hit rank 40 and we don't have anything else to do but scenarios in Lake RVR, then yeah, I think there's going to be a lot more Lake RVR done. But I, I, until then, I sort of think that the, the population is too fragmented for them to work. And that's unfortunate because uh, I, I was talking to Rootbender about this and in the last beta, when rank 20 was, was the highest you could go, the tier 2 Lake RVR was the place to be. Uh, you know, there were tons of people there all the time. Um, basically, people were waiting for that 15-minute tick to go off so that they can start fighting again, and it was a lot of fun. But now, you know, people are, you know, first they're out-leveling the, the, uh, the lakes, right when they hit their their peak time to do them, right? That's sort of a problem, isn't it? I mean, right as soon as you are at uh, the peak level to perform in a rank, you're going to out-level it, and then you're not going to be able to do it anymore without turning it into a chicken, and then all you can do is drop rocks on squigs or whatever. So, <laughs> Yeah, um, I, th I think there should be a... I still think there should be a scroll back of levels. Like, if you want to do tier one up to, like, level 15... Your level should get scrolled back to twelve. 
Yeah, I, I think I would prefer something like that over the chicken to yeah. de-level you like they level you up. Right. Now, I think in the long run, that's gonna, the, the chicken system is still going to be beneficial. Um, and the reason I say that is I, I think it's going to sort of fill, uh, really focus people on the, uh, the higher level content rather than allowing them to dilute the population by going back to the older stuff. Now, does that mean that it's going to be more fun to do the same stuff all the time? I don't know. Um, I, I mean, there is a lot of tier four stuff to do. A lot of it, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, so that's that's something that uh, I'm sure they'll be adding more stuff, and I know they've talked about adding an armor and stuff. So they'll work on that and and air quote fix it. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> in the future. <laughs> so uh, the next thing we have is a post from one of their developers about uh, Witching Night from a dev. Diary. I'm not going to read all this because basically I can sum it up in one statement, which he basically says on the Witching Night, they're going to have boss mobs roaming the RVR areas with fat loots. So and the Witching Night is going to be Halloween, right? Is that what talking about? Yes. Yes. So instead of trick or treating and running around getting magic wands to turn your friends into stuff, you're going to get to go kill something. That's basically how they phrased it. And I gotta tell, I, that makes me a little grumpy, actually, because, <laughs> you know, Halloween is the night when everybody needs to go out, not stay in. So don't well, do any. Oh, I see what you're saying, because you want it on more than one night. Yes. Yeah, is it going to last that one night? I mean, I know that when when other places, uh, other games do those holiday things, they last for like a week or something. Yeah, I right? don't, they didn't really say so much. It it kind of says, you know, they said on the witching night, so you would think one night, but hopefully they will do it for more than that. See, I would love yeah. to do this on Saturday night. Yeah. But Friday night, I want to go out and see costumes and silliness. Yeah. You know what? But but I, I do think that um, I, I'm glad that they're keeping their, their holiday celebrations in line with the game. This holiday session, uh, this holiday thing that they're doing for halloween at least is about murdering people which is sort of what war is about so i look forward to murdering people because of christmas maybe murdering (laughs) people because of easter i can't wait for the easter murder personally that's gonna be i think you're on i hope on easter all the bunnies around the world the little ones you go kill because you hope there's an achievement when you kill a thousand of them i hope that they all turn into 40th level mobs that go around and kill everybody what other would be a great uh, holiday for them be about murdering something? Ooh, President's Valentine's Day. Oh, oh Valentine's hey, I love you, yeah. stab. I love you, stab. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's see. The ban hammer for uh, spammers is up to 12,077 spammers down so far. Um, I really want to see this number go up. I, I, I honestly wanted it to be six digits by now. Maybe they haven't had that many accounts that they've had to deal with, but it seems like it would be awesome if they did. No, I haven't been. Get, I still get spam, but not nearly as much. So the stuff they've and it's much shorter too, right? They can't do these full sentences they used to do. They have to. Yeah. do. and unfortunately, um, what is it? The spam uh, mod? What is it called? Spammy not. Spammy not. Is not as effective against the short stuff, but it, it still does help. It still does help. So, and I looked at this number and I said, "Is that the amount of subscribers left in Age of Conan?" Or is oh, Vanhammer? Vanguard. Now, I, I am secretly hoping that every single one of those is a full paid copy of the game, because if you think about it, that's half a million dollars for the company. Oh, sweet! You know. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, I want I more mean, spammers that, to buy more games. I know. I really do. Yes. They're buying in bulk somehow. So I'd say probably, I don't know, 400,000? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we also got on 10 ton, ton Hammer this week on their uh, war site. They've uh, announced our podcast, and I talked to a guy over there who said they would uh, continue to announce it if we'd like them to. Oh, sweet. What's that all about i mean what what is their website they're basically you know they do a bunch of different games so you know if you go war dot ten ton hammer you'll get the the warhammer stuff if you go wow you'll get the wow stuff and they they do a, a bunch of other mmos as well so okay That's uh, and a good then, site. i've used it for i've used it for finding maps and and things like that um if i'm if i'm doing a game and i need to know a map of a dungeon i'm in you know i'll go to ten ton hammer a lot of times Okay. Uh, cool. and, and speaking of, they also have an interview with Mark Jacobs on their two-parter. Uh, it really didn't seem too meaty. It seemed to be mostly 
his thoughts on gaming in general. So I don't know if uh, they didn't really delve into too much Warhammer. So I didn't can't say I enjoyed the interview too much. But they do have good stuff over there. So okay, cool. And now they're probably never going to put our link up on their page again. <laughs> but you know, I got to be honest, right? Well, it was funny. You know, the other day you were telling me that um, uh, uh, that we uh, should probably you know talk about the talk about the podcast a little bit more uh, to the people that we you know interact with and so i was in the game and i saw you know this anaximander guy complimented me on my healing and i said hey i'll probably bring you up in the podcast and i sent him the um url and um i, I was flagged for spamming him really <laughs> i got i got, oh, I got the message bounced back by spam me not <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. I actually saw someone in the game today. It was something, something, something of gamer DNA. And so I talked to him and asked him if that was who they were. Oh, and, wow. Cool. And uh, actually, Eric and I have been kind of talking about that. And so we'll probably talk about it off air. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, were going to talk about gamer DNA here on the podcast, weren't we? Because we haven't we haven't done that. Yeah, we were, we were kind of looking at a couple of other ones, too, trying to decide which one to do before oh, really? we actually okay. announced on the air. Because we didn't want a bunch of people going to sign it up for one of them going, oh, this one's better. And then we go switch to that one. And they go, so. Well, uh, we, I, I will say that what, what, what we're talking about here here is that um, we're sort of in the process of, you know, the Dead Workers has, we're talking about more than just one game, and we want a, a single place where everyone can sort of get together and, and be friendly and happy and, and all that stuff. And uh, and Brent sends out this idea about gamer DNA, and uh, I got really excited about it, and I, I logged in, and they've got this set where you can, like, um, you can... Uh, uh, list all of the games that you've played from their list and I went through their entire list and added all of my games to the list and I made a comment on each one and now I find out that we're maybe not even going to use it so thanks a lot Brent. appreciate that <laughs> no problem uh, you'll get a say in that though so uh, <laughs> but speaking of still on the, the interviews with uh, 10 ton hammer is two nuggets which one I already talked about was the reason for tanks first and the other one was he made a comment about no one has actually completed an entire siege of any city yet. Yeah, the I, first I, the first siege was supposedly buggy, right? It was a buggy. The, uh, well, I think and, on and, one server he said some someone basically cheated. Yeah, and they they still even given that they didn't do the whole city, did they? I thought that they had not. Right, and that was the rest of kind of what he said. He didn't come out and uh, say that uh, someone basically thought they did the city. Uh, but how he was saying it was, there was much more to a city siege than just taking the city. You've got to kill the king, which he said no one has done yet. Right. And then there's a bunch of other content that goes along with it that you get uh, that you can use once you once you take the city. So I thought that was really cool. I agree. Okay. So, <laughs> so wow, that was a lot of news and a little bit of discussion. Yeah, yeah. And we're not we're not having a big blowout discussion like we did last week, but that's okay. Um, let's see what else are we going to talk about here. We got the uh, a couple contributions. Right? Uh, we got one email. Uh, we got a few, but uh, I guess one. I guess we're going to talk about this. Yeah, sure. sure. So this is from uh, Logan. He's a 22 Archmage on the Auckland US server, or is it Hockland? Mm-hmm. Hochland. I think it's Hochland. Hoch. Is it Hochland? Hochland. I did Auckland. Auckland. <laughs> uh, and he says, hey, I'd just like to put in a couple of things about your show Warp 6. I know one of the guys was talking about armor weight factoring into the speed of going through the lava. That was yeah, me. That was and, you. Yeah, that's you. Uh, and I'm sure everybody wants to point that out now because I'm sure he's about to say how I was wrong. But anyway, in <laughs> fact, it's not that the Ironbreaker knockback hasn't... Uh, added snare slowing effect on its knockback that stacks. Wait, that reads wrong. Okay. Oh, in let's fact, it's out. not that. It is not the armor. It's the fact that the Iron Breaker, in addition to knocking you back 16 miles, also friggin' snares you because it <laughs> needed that bull crap. I, I like how you read emails. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's saying that the the Ironbreaker's knockback has an additional snare, which uh, is just annoying. And then it also stacks with the lava effect, which is another slowing effect to make you drown in lava. Way to go! They should just throw a root in there too. If they're going to do it, they yeah. should really go for it. 
You know what? It should just kill you. It should knock you back. It should root you, snare you, and kill you. Oh, in, and in every that time order. It hits you, every time it hits you, it should charge your credit card five dollars. I think that and sleep with your sister and, and spam five of your friends in your name. <laughs> okay. Two on this email is he said uh, he. Uh, he said, I know that you and sh- you, you well, let me start over. I know that you said shaman is a balance in DPS and healing, which as much as I like the offensive and debuffing capabilities of the shaman. Uh, and he played one to 27 before rerolling to Archmage because he wanted to play on an Alliance server. Uh, unfortunately the effectiveness of a shaman can only be displayed through pure healing and using the five DPS wa on instant cast AP drains. Uh, it comes down in his experimenting as a shaman that you can pull 10 to 20k damage and 40k healing or zero damage and 80 to 120k healing. So basically what he's saying is that if you want to be a pure healer, then ignore the wah and just spam your heals. Um, yeah, I've only played a 12 and I, I've got to agree with that completely. I mean, I can throw some damage in there, but it does not help my healing. I would actually. I, I think I'm going to ask Rootbender about this. He's got the the highest level shaman that I know of, so I might might ask him what he thinks about that. I, I don't feel qualified to comment one way or the other. Uh, and then his third thing is the reason that majority of players hate Phoenix Gate is that a Morkane Temple game usually lasts seven to ten minutes, uh, and the other one lasts longer. So, and I think that's kind of what we said too, right? And- he also says that he thinks people don't like it because it requires coordination and teamwork, which sounds a little backwards to me. I like coordination and teamwork, and I enjoy that part of the game, and it makes me sad if people do not. Does that is is that your experiment experience? I, I agree in pugs. In pugs, it's hard to get that teamwork and coordination, but like when we had a, a group doing the North Rand, even though we only had one group kind of communicating Northland. oh, oh gosh son of a <laughs> and uh anyways uh the communication and teamwork was much better and it made the game much more enjoyable and we owned the pug groups and then when we all got tired and quit talking we got owned except for that one time we were doing that dark elf scenario arthas's embrace that one it just <laughs> i hate you <laughs> I hate you. P.S. Love the show, guys. Really informative and really good backdrop to my poning other teams and more cane. Thanks a lot for the email, Logan. We appreciate it. And uh, and remember, if you want to send an email uh, for us to read on the show and, and talk about, you know, just make sure it's worth reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 40 emails we got of, if you were a any class in Warhammer and stuck on a boat with uh, someone... What would you? Yeah, think? honestly, we don't we don't want uh, questions like that. We, we did a lot of them on uh, on Control Point about the TF2 classes, and eventually they do start to wear a little bit. So uh, we're just not going to do them at all here. Um, let's see what else we got here. Okay. Oh, we got our warp report, don't we? Yes, and uh, let's go ahead and play our warp report. This is on um, sieging, and it is from. Um, uh, from one of our uh, listeners. His name is Glenn Barrett. And um, we're going to play, this is about a six-minute segment on Guild Siege equipment in um, uh, RVR. Currently the most active sieging guild on our server and uh, possibly one of the most active ones out there. We're up over 30 million renown. I've personally done over 50 uh, keep captures and the guild's probably around 70 or 80 by now, so we do have quite a bit of experience already with this aspect of the game. My character's name is Sigtir. The uh, siege aspect of the game is one that Mythic has really worked hard on and done a, a really good job on, and it just seems like there aren't a whole lot of guilds out there actually doing it. I think a lot of that may just be due to a lack of information on how to effectively and properly carry out a keep siege or a keep defense, and hopefully I'll be able to help you out a little bit with that here. What I'm going to be talking about today specifically are siege weapons. These really are an essential part of being able to take any keep, especially a defended keep. You're absolutely going to need to know how to use these weapons on the field and on the keep walls. First of all, there are four different types of weapons that you'll be using. The first of these is, of course, the ram that you will use on every keep door. Uh, Even in an undefended keep, a ram will speed things up significantly. The second type of weapon is, of course, the oil. Uh, This is only used for defenders. And then we have the ranged weapons. There are two different types of ranged weapons. 
There is an AOE ground attack weapon. It will place a targeting reticule on the ground and will show you on the map where the reticule is going to be and there is actually wind direction with this weapon. The three types of AOE weapons are going to be the Hell Cannon, the Repeater, and the Orcapult. The second type of ranged weapon is a single target projectile weapon. This will be the Hell Blaster, Super Chucka, and the Ballista. This is just going to have a basic crosshair. The longer you hold the target in one spot, the more precise your aim will be. Now, when you first approach a keep and you're building up your siege equipment, there are a couple of things you want to keep in mind. First of all, you want to take down that oil as soon as possible. That's going to be a key to defending the keep, is keeping the oil up and keeping it dumped down on the players working on the door and using the ram. Uh, best defense against this oil is using the single target projectile weapons, the uh, like the ballista. And you're going to want to coordinate with the group that you're at the keep with to always put the single target weapons on the closest pads to the keep because if you have like an AOE weapon on the front pad and you have to build a ballista in the back there's a possibility it may not even be able to reach the oil and on some keeps uh, ranged players won't be able to reach the oil either so if you don't have a siege weapon that can reach it you're pretty much out of luck until that AOE weapon despawns and you'll just have to sit around and wait or either heal through the oil which can be very difficult to do. Of course also when you approach a keep the first priority should be to get that ram up and start working on that keep door so you can get inside. I'm going to explain a little bit about how, how the ram actually operates because it seems like some people have trouble with that. The person who is building the ram will actually be in control of the swing. Um, now the key here is when that person initiates the backswing you want to click at, as close to the end of the white bar as you can without going into the black. Um, the new interface they added in shows you now each person in each spot, so if somebody uh, is lagging very badly, you can just tell them to get off the ramp and let somebody else on. It's really not a huge difference if two people, say, hit 50% and then two people hit 100%. It's only about a 2,000, 3,000 damage difference, but when time is a factor, that can be decided. Another thing that you're going to encounter that can really be a nuisance on a defended keep are ranged attackers actually up on the wall shooting down on your raid. Now, the AoE ground weapons, even offensively, are really good for this, even though they're mainly a defensive siege weapon, because you can actually aim that targeting reticule at the top of the wall and shoot, and it will hit all of those ranged attackers standing there nuking down on you guys. So that's really the basic idea of offensive siege weapon placement and strategy. Now I just want to talk a little bit about actually defending a keep. Um, when you're going to have attackers coming at you using those tactics that we just covered. Now, without a doubt, the key weapon in defending a keep is the oil that you dump down from the top of the keep doors. This oil can be very dangerous, and if it's not dealt with, you can continuously wipe waves and waves of attackers just by uh, maintaining the repair on the oil and dumping it continuously. Generally, what you're going to want to do with this is have one person actually dumping the oil and have one or two more uh, support people that are helping to repair it. It's in the interface. You just click on the left button that says repair, and you can do that even while somebody else is dumping the oil. You just want to make sure you're continuously repairing that oil and using it uh, the entire time because it will also damage and eventually destroy the ram and it will destroy also a ram pad, uh, disabling them from even being able to build a ram which will slow down their attack on the door considerably. And uh, last but not least, you're going to see range pads for building the range siege weapons all along the walls. Uh, generally the best weapon to use for this are the AOE ground weapons. This is really what they're made for, just so you can rain down on the groups of attackers coming in. You can also, if you're really having trouble keeping the oil up and they've got some ballistas down there, you can set up some ballistas of your own on the wall and have two or three ballistas single target their single target siege weapons as kind of like a counterattack. And if you destroy those, it should slow them down a lot and you'll be able to keep that oil up a lot easier. Okay, wow, that was really ridiculously informative. Um, I uh, have not gotten to do any keep sieging yet, and I'm going to be very, very interested to see how that works out in the long run. Cool. Uh, We'll be featuring the second piece of that um, next week, and then he's also put forward uh, some other segments that we're going to do in future weeks, and we're really excited to have Glenn helping us out like this. We, We have not gotten to do all that much of that ourselves, and we can definitely use the expertise. And uh, while we're on the subject, and we always are looking for people to do these kinds of segments for us, uh, if you're interested in doing a segment like the one that we did last week, which was a book review, or, or this week on, on Keep Warfare, send us an email at warp at deadworkers.com with your idea, and uh, we'll work it out. We will work it out. <laughs> um. So, uh, let's see. I guess we've got the add-on of the week. And I thought it was funny because this was one of uh, Spencer's favorites because it was so exciting. 
I, also, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. What we're doing is we're doing the bulk item mailer, uh, which which is a very useful mod. And I just sort of think, you know, we're talking about very. Uh, it, it's not an exciting subject, even if it's a worthwhile mod. It's it's just mail. Yay! <laughs> well, I, w- I will change the name of the segment from add-on of the week to a non-exciting add-on of the week. <laughs> Sweet, just for you. So this one is basically just an add-on. It's designed to save you time. It will it will give you a new tab on your your mailbox icon that says bulk. And basically, you can right-click items into that bulk thing, and then whoever you want to send it to, you put it up just like you normally would a, a mail, and hit send. And then every two seconds, it will send one off. So you don't have to keep putting somebody's name in there and sending yeah. it. Yes. Which is really useful because, like, I tr- I've been trying to send all you know all the apothecary stuff I get to my apothecary character, and all the cultivating stuff to my cultivating character, and and uh, that becomes really a pain in the butt when you get to send each one individually. Yeah, and he's uh, got some planned features. It sounds like they're things from WoW, like the auto name complete and address book kind of stuff like that. Honestly, a lot of this stuff should be in Warhammer by default, uh, but I think it's pretty clear that the mail system was an afterthought uh, and not really very well designed. So, you think yeah. it was kind of one of these where they were like, "Okay, do we got everything? We got everything in the game. Okay, we're ready to launch." Hey, uh, I was trying last night to mail myself something down to my office. Mail? I oh my god! I find completely a forgot about mail. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just handle it using this code that we have from this other game. Let's do that. It'll work. It'll work fine. We're releasing the game tomorrow, and we have no mail. What are we gonna do? Do 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 do. Anyway, there are. Let's give them a title. There are. This mod will help with that. In a, in a big way. In a really big way. And it does support Rolodex mod. So if you've got Rolodex mod, you can get the contacts from it. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll link to this mod from... Uh, you can get it at Curse. So we'll link to it in the show. In notes. show. Yeah. Which brings us to opening the tome. Let's get a week. And for that, for that tome, I... I'm serious. I, I think next week it should make like a rainbow sound. Like, I think Eric, something. you need to get you need to make a thing that's like opening a book and a bunch of bats coming out. You know, Scooby Dooby Doo. Exactly. Where are you? I got a tome unlock. Now I'm gonna give you the title one. It's the Lumberjack. That's a fact. So. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> to get the lumberjack title, what you need to do is uh, you need to examine uh, root walker remains in the Shadowlands, and the uh, number is twelve thousand five hundred and fifty-seven thousand nine hundred. And you just go up and uh, click on it, and you will get the lumberjack. That's okay. a fact. Oh, sorry. And that's why and I'm then, saying because it was so unexciting that I thought I would seem <laughs> make it seem more exciting. The uh, the second one is a uh, bestial token, which I, I wanted to ask because I haven't yet unlocked a. I have not yet unlocked a tome. Uh, what are they called? Uh, tactic. tactic. I have yeah. not done that. I have unlocked several tokens, but I was curious. Do you know how many tokens you need? Okay. Like, well, the tokens are different than the actual tactic unlocks. The tokens okay. you can actually go and use to buy trophies. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, sorry about that. And that's why I love this one because I was able to buy a skull. And if it works like I think it does, I could probably buy multiple skulls and just hang them off my armor. Just skull, skull, skull. <laughs> and and what this is is uh, if you... What, what, what is this? This it's one is set. super easy for destruction. Okay. We'll have to link to what you have to do for the alliance stuff because it's a little more in-depth. But, it says uh, at nine thousand thirty five thousand, you talk to Medlane Bloodwine at uh, Kieran's advance, and uh, you don't have to kill anything. You just get the bestial token for talking to this person. Yeah, and she's not like any special character there, like a healer or. I mean, it's just in a camp, just in chapter. Huh. Uh, so it's the first one when you go into Safari uh, in the Dark Elf area on the left. Safari. 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 Yeah, and so you just talk to her and get yourself a trophy, and then you just go to the library and turn it in, which it's the librarian to the left as you come in to the door. Well, sweet. I actually got my first uh, uh, belt item 
my uh, or what are they called? Pocket pocket item. I got a uh, uh, what was it? I forget some sort of soda or something, and it fizzes whenever I click on it. It makes bubbles. It looks like I farted. <laughs> <laughs> do they all do that? Do they all just make you look like you fart? Maybe I got two more on a lower level character that do nothing but tell you some it print some text. Oh. And they didn't do anything else, so I was like, nah, that's kind of weak. I want new specials. <laughs> I want some new specials. Yeah, I want and my some, head to blow up. I want some dances, too. And maybe we'll so get it. <laughs> We're going to just keep talking about bullcrap for the rest of this show. You know what I want? I want for uh, my Black Orc to have a skateboard. And I want to do oh, some... Oh, uh, that would be so cool. Some kick flips and maybe a sweet ollie. I don't know what that means. And then but we, we could have some X Games on the Blighted Isle. <laughs> so let's move on to our scenario of the week uh we're gonna do the second tier two scenario uh at least the second one we're talking about which is phoenix gate uh that is the tier two scenario for elves versus dark elves and it's uh it's this we'll all be familiar with this because this just goes back to uh our team fortress days and yep. and and playing the intel ones uh, except for there's a, a nice short 15 minute time limit on it. You basically have a uh, canyon with at the end of it, you have a flag on each side with a road between the flags. Uh, there's a river halfway between both sides that has a bridge over it. Now you can cross at other places without the bridge, of course, and there's back ways into both areas. So you've got to watch around. Uh, one of the more interesting things I think about this one that probably annoys people is there are ballistas on each side that you can shoot big stakes into people's stomachs with. It's yeah, awful. wow, that gets old. <laughs> and it really does a lot of damage, and you can actually hold back a lot of people with just really? having people on the ballistas. I tried, and I didn't. I couldn't do crap. Oh, I love. Them. Well, I mean, the the thing is, is that they only cover one out of three approaches. Uh, there's you can go around. Either by taking the the stream route, you can go around that way, or going through a little valley on the other side, and that pretty much completely um, uh, nullifies the ballista as far as you're concerned. Now, it still seems like most people want to run up the center and fight, and uh, and that's fine. And I think that's what a lot of people play scenarios for is just do the fighting. I actually like doing the 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 thing that you're supposed to do every once in a while. And I did want to. <laughs> I did want to mention that uh, being level 20 or, or 21 here and having your mount imparts upon you a huge advantage. Yes. Um, you can just sort of zip right across the entire battlefield and uh, try and grab the flag. Now, that's not always that simple. Uh, this is not like, say, uh, Team Fortress 2, where you just have to touch the the flag and then you've got it and then they have to kill you to to make you drop it and then it stays there and they have to go it's not it's not like that you have to grab it it's a five second timer to to pick it up if you are hit during that five seconds you do not successfully grab the flag and to capture it you have to click on your base and there's another five second timer and if you're hit during that then you fail and uh that's actually one of my favorite tactics as a black orc is I'll sneak over to the other side and if their flag is guarded and I'm the only one there, I'm not going to jump out there. I, I, I'll be able to live, but I won't be able to grab the flag and I probably won't be able to kill anyone because my damage output is crap. So instead, I'll hide right there around the corner. I'll wait for a flag carrier to come back and then I'll jump out and start beating on him to keep him from <laughs> capping. That's what my favorite thing to do. So... And that, that brings up one other big difference between this and, say, other uh, Capture the Flag F FPS games is that when you kill them, the flag doesn't just drop there. It goes back to restart. So you have reset the flag, and they must go back and get it again. That's pretty brutal, That's actually. Basically the same thing as Unreal Tournament. That that sort of happens in Unreal Tournament. Okay. So. And uh, one thing I like about it is when you capture a flag, it actually puts it up. There's On each end behind your flag, there's a big tower. Uh, and every time you capture their flag, it actually puts it up on the tower. And so you have, I guess, uh, four spaces for it to put the flags up there. And, of course, the fifth one, uh, you win, I guess, the game. Yeah. Or time runs out. You know, that's usually what happens is time runs out first. Yeah. And it's not it's not a number of captures. It's still points. 
uh, 500 points wins the game. I'm not sure how many points a capture gives you. Does, does anyone else know? Uh, you know, I, I don't actually know that. Mm. Well, there's a certain amount of points that you get for capturing the flag, and it is substantial. Uh, now, this is not as popular as Morcane's Temple because it does typically go the distance. And I think the reason it goes the whole 15 minutes is because people aren't using teamwork. Um, in the, I, I've actually won it more often than it going the distance just because whenever I'm playing, I'm playing with guildies and we're on vent and we're talking and strategizing. And that gives us a really big advantage over people who are just there in a pickup group. And when you get the heavy and the medic going up the center and you pop that over and they go around <laughs> the side and grab the flag and, Oh, sorry. You know, it could also be that I'm, I'm playing with people that are more used to this style of play than, I don't know, people who are uh, Warhammer, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Warcraft people coming over and trying to play it like it's a battleground. I don't know. So I've found most of the reason I find that this belabors has to do with you either get people all attacking or all defending. There doesn't seem to be a strike force you know, that that's more streamlined. And so you either end up with this big clump of people defending right in front of the flag and the game bogs down because everybody's uh, an entire team is on defense or you bog down because the other team goes all offense and then, you know, no one's defending. Well, I don't, I don't know that I, I, I have that problem with it just because, um, it it does seem like most people are just going to run up the middle and, and start fighting. Um, and you will occasionally get big groups of people at one or the other flag point, but it's still very feasible to hop in there and grab the flag when no one's paying attention and then go back and get a capture. Um, and, and like I said, I, one of the things I like doing is just hanging out at the enemy capture point and waiting to just screw up their day that, that I just, I I think that's so much fun. I'm going to capture it. I'm going to capture it. I'm going to capture. Oh, there's a black orc beating on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I think the reason I like it is because I like shiny little toys and I love jumping on the ballistas, even though I should be out there at their flag, keeping them from capping. (laughs) Now I, I have to say that I'm really disturbed as a lower tier two person. When someone hops on their mount here, <laughs> the horns going off. Well, the, my whole thing is like it's it's it seems completely unfair that some people in the scenario would have a mount and others wouldn't. I well, think, I, I mean, think, I, I I guess uh, sort of yeah, but at the same time, is it fair that they have you know six more abilities than you? Is it fair that they have better equipment than you? Is it fair that they have better stat bonuses than you? So. Uh, you're, you're dealing with a fundamentally asymmetrical fight to begin with, so I, I don't really see that as being a huge problem. That's just the most visible difference. I don't know. I, I think I think they probably should have put the mount at a level that would have divided the scenarios. And you still can't carry the flag while on the mount, so it's not it's not nearly as imbalancing as it could be. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay, so that was a uh, Phoenix Gate in a nutshell. And uh, so, uh, real quick though, who's had good luck on the siege weapons? Is anybody here? I have shot two people ever, and it was both at the same time. Uh, and, and the thing is that uh, I, I have—I think I have a draw distance issue or something because it seems like I can't see for the—I can't see players for the entirety of the ballista's range. So I think that's a problem with my system. Yeah, I love the ballistas in that one. I mean, seriously, to the detriment of my team, I will sit on ballistas and shoot at people on the other side of the bridge, and I love it. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll poke around with that next time I play. Uh, so, uh, how about uh, that uh, player of the month? We got one, like, any candidates? Anybody got something? I like Walls. Walls is a good guy. Yeah, I'm all for Walls. I'll do that. Yay, Walls! <laughs> Look for a uh, big yellow icon next to your name in the guild ranking uh, soon. And Wallace is just a member of our guild, and and he's a good guy. So, and he plays a lot. I don't really have any reason for nominating other than I like him. <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of our guilds, you can join us on. I almost said Agrimar. Wow. <laughs> well, it's the cough medicine, I swear. Uh, you can join us on Volkmar. We are the misfits of the warp 
Uh, just ask that's anyone. That's destruction. Don't join order on Vokmar and start looking for us. <laughs> yeah, or you'll get a knife in the face. <laughs> and then on the order side, you can join Iron Rock, and uh, the guild there is Target is Not Attackable. Congratulations. You are now at the end of another episode of Warp. A podcast brought to you by the Dead Workers Party. See the show notes and leave comments for this episode at warp.deadworkers.com or leave us a voicemail at area code 256-513-4772. Have we ended another episode of this fine show? Finally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I think we've we've done something good here. We don't care. So now should we I say, th- "Hey you there. Follow me out of the wall." <laughs> <laughs> Dead Workers Party Network. Babies. Fun to make, fun to eat. Week